Hello, I'm Michael Peregrine, partner at McDermott Will & Emery. Welcome to the first in a new series of podcasts for healthcare boards entitled Surviving Disruption. Almost every day we see another example of what's called business disruption. Retailers like Macy's and Sears are closing stores. Cable TV is losing subscribers. Taxis are losing customers. The disruptors are companies that use technology, scale, and consumer insights to create a lower-priced, more convenient experience, drawing customers away from traditional companies and setting those companies on a path of compulsory cost-cutting and lost relevance. Healthcare's high costs and lack of convenience make it highly vulnerable to disruption. Although the size and complexity of healthcare have slowed the process of disruption, we're now seeing innovative, non-traditional competitors offering healthcare that is more convenient, lower priced, and more compatible with the digital era. From our perspective at McDermott, we see the potential disruption of traditional healthcare as a central challenge for healthcare governance. Threats of business disruption check a number of corporate governance boxes. The responsibility to sustain the mission of the organization, its oversight of strategic direction, board composition and refreshment, and the structure of its decision-making process. To make sure boards are well prepared to address this challenge, we've teamed with longtime healthcare advisors Kaufman Hall for this new educational series. We'll be presenting a series of three podcasts and a capstone paper designed to identify the signs of disruption, how healthcare organizations can prepare, and implications for healthcare governance. And I'm very pleased to be joined by my friend Ken Kaufman, chair of Kaufman Hall, and one of the industry's most insightful observers on the topic of disruption. Welcome, Ken. Thank you, Michael. Ken, you drive around town and you can still see some empty blockbuster and border stores. What's different about the kind of disruption we're seeing today compared to that we saw about 10 years ago with those companies? Well, that's an interesting question. I, I think 10 years ago, what we saw was a different way of doing business. In other words, Apple decided to compete against music and Amazon decided to compete against books. It was a, just a different way of operating a vertical business. I think what we're seeing now is that the tech companies believe they have a new way of running the entire economy. Um, the entire social structure of how we sell goods and services um, and how money passes in transactions. Um, I think that, that Amazon and a number of the other companies really believe that they have moved from uh, one sort of micro place to a much more significant philosophical macro place. And as you watch this develop, you can see that their strategies reflect much bigger ideas. They're just not in business to sell music and to sell books. They're, they're in business to change the world. Ken, I just bought socks this weekend from Amazon. What is it about that company that's dismantling retail? Well, they're coming at it from uh, all of the different directions. So it's not tech, it's not physical store, it's physical store and it's tech. Um, and then it's tech, you know, it's tech 
relative to the use of your mobile phone, but then it's tech beyond tech. So, you know, the most interesting thing that's come up in the last couple of weeks is the notion of of Amazon getting ready to open these these stores that they call Amazon Go. And the way that that works is that somehow there's technology that recognizes when you come into the store, recognizes who you are, even recognizes if you come in as a family, a husband, a wife, a couple of kids, and then you go into the store and you buy as many goods as you want, and there's a a technological mechanism that's actually registering what you buy and then billing that to your credit card or whatever other way that you pay for Amazon, and then you just leave the store. So what's the strategy here? The strategy is what Amazon calls removing the friction from the transaction. And the friction being people or salespeople, or what would that be? Absolutely. Friction in everything that we do with current transactions, there's friction. And what Amazon has discovered is that they can gain market share by removing the friction of any transaction. And that's what the company is totally dedicated to doing at this point in time. And it's pretty interesting because it has enormous implications for healthcare. All right, we've got a lot of healthcare directors listening in, and you've just got their attention now. How do we remove the frictional cost out of the healthcare experience? Well, so that's the that, that's the sixty-four million dollar question right now, Michael. Can you think of a tr- a transaction in your life that has more friction in it than going to the doctor yes, or going to the calling hospital? Calling your lawyer, probably. Well, that that's possible, but I go to the doctor more than I call my lawyer. <laughs> unfortunately, well, unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah, you're right. You may want to use a different marketing approach. So, but 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 anyway, that 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 is that is that issue of the friction that's involved in healthcare transactions is getting to be a bigger and bigger deal every day. As people become more accustomed to frictionless transactions from Facebook or Apple or Amazon or any of those entities, they become more irritated and more frustrating with their healthcare experience. Because now what happens is their Amazon experience looks like 2030 and their healthcare experience looks like 1985. So when you go to the doctor, how do you check in? If you need to get lab tests or whatever, how does that work? You have to go to a different place. You have to have a different set of appointments. You have to have a different set of interactions. What if you just want to make an appointment? 50% of the transactions that were done for Black Friday sales that were done on tech instead of in stores were done on mobile phone. We're going to the point where we'll have a totally mobile phone driven economy as opposed to any other kind of access. So you think about that and you think about making an appointment with your doctor and how easy it is to have to call and wait for somebody to pick up or uh, try to get connected to an electronic scheduling device, you know, go and do that and then compare that to the Amazon transaction. Mm-hmm. At Amazon, they consider the number of clicks friction. The number of clicks is friction. So if there's five clicks to a transaction, they might say to themselves, well, two of those are unnecessary. We can get it down to three. Well, we're not heading in that direction in healthcare. We're not moving fast. We're not... Um, attacking those kinds of problems. Well, 
I guess one question I have is, is there a danger that healthcare decision makers will say, Ken, that's great, but that's Amazon and we're not Amazon and you can't compare the two? No, we can't. We, we can't because what that that conclusion says that we have this three trillion dollar industry and that the big four, which are which are Apple, Amazon, Facebook and Google will stay out of a three trillion dollar industry. I was about to say, is aren't all of those entering into healthcare? Absolutely. Moment? There's all sorts of rumors about Amazon getting registered as as a pharmacy, so they can sell wholesale uh, uh, um, uh, uh, pharmaceuticals. Um, and um, and there was this rumor that everybody saw. Uh, in Bloomberg about two weeks ago, that Apple had actually made a run at a couple of major healthcare clinics in order to buy them, um, and and then take that I would certainly imagine in an entirely different direction. Well, then there's the real question: How fast is that change coming? What's the time frame that you see in terms of the disruptors starting to make their move into healthcare? Well, I think you know it's one of those things. I mean, what we've seen, of course, the way this works in the internet economy. Um, is things seem to start slow and then they go very fast. And we've definitely been in the slow part in healthcare because of all the regulation and the way that healthcare is organized and structured in the U.S. It's not like you can attack a single company, right? In books, you could attack borders, you could attack that basic approach. But in healthcare, it's all diverse and there isn't any single company that you can attack. But but my sense is that that this is this is moving at a faster and faster pace. Um, it's not going to be as I described to a number of my clients. Uh, you won't see this change as a nuclear explosion. You'll see it as death by a thousand cuts. And I think there are more and more cuts every day. Is there one aspect of the industry that's more? suspect in terms of being hit first? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All of the outpatient and, and, and consensual transactions, all the transactions where a patient has to decide to do that, as opposed to being admitted to a hospital by a doctor, uh, which is something you have to do whether, you, you know, you, the doctor says, I need you to be in the hospital. But all of the other kind, you know, imaging, lab, uh, uh, any kind of outpatient work, home health, um, all of these things that are really individual businesses in healthcare that could be uh, have those transactions reorganized, uh, restructured, made much more convenient, much more accessible, and then of course the attack on price, inevitable attack on price, which the internet economy always does. But this is where I, your concept of friction and frictional cost comes into play most on these kind of consensual transactions, right? Absolutely. It's how easy can you do it? I mean, do you have to go right now? If you have something, do you have to go to the hospital? Is it possible a company could develop this um, and they would make all of those things possible in your home? Just the way that Amazon delivers all these things right, right to your home. Um, not to get ahead of ourselves, but uh, in the Internet economy, uh, that's what they call the last mile. Um, and, and this is a really super fascinating concept, and I have to give credit where credit's due to a guy by the name of Scott Galloway, who is a marketing professor at NYU, who has really researched deeply how the internet economy works in this regard. Um, and the last mile is how a good or service gets to you. For years and years, the way our economy was 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 ordered is we could do everything in convenient and accessible uh, to our customer except for what was referred to the last mile. 
And what Jeff Bezos realized was that there was an extraordinary amount of market share and an extraordinary amount of revenue and profitability in solving the last mile. And that's, and that's what he's done. That's what Amazon Prime is all about. That's what getting delivery in an hour or two hours or a day in, in that you don't have to go to the store. You don't have to go someplace. They take responsibility for solving the last mile. Now, that's the problem that we have in healthcare because we make all of our patients deal with the last mile. We are not saying to our patients, we will solve the last mile for you. So if we don't begin to think like that, then it's an absolute invitation for Amazon and Google and Apple to enter in using their high-tech capability and saying, we'll solve that friction for you, we'll solve that last mile for you, we'll make this a completely different experience than what you've been accustomed to. If I'm a director and I'm sitting there listening to you and I'm slowly starting to get the pen out of here and take some notes of things I've got to do, what are some examples of what Amazon's doing that are that the most obvious uh, steps that can be taken by a, a healthcare organization? What are some examples of things that you see Amazon doing? You mentioned Amazon Prime. What's the comparison or the analogy to healthcare? First of all, we have to get pluralistic. We have to offer the patient the mechanism for gaining care that they prefer. Not the one that we prefer as providers, but the one that they prefer. Do they want to be treated in the home? Then we need to treat them in the home. Do they want to drive a mile from their house? Then we have to have a way of treating them a mile from their house. Are they more comfortable being in an inpatient hospital environment? It's just a, a te- you know, a, a, a process and approach that makes them most comfortable. Then we have to find a way to bring them into the hospital to take care of them. But we have to make the hospital a frictionless experience, which right now it's anything but. Well, you're suggesting to me that one of the questions is, how does Amazon get their data, and how can we replicate that in the healthcare system? Well, Amazon, of course, is the most data-rich company in the world, probably. They have all of this information. They know your buying habits. They have algorithms that that measure those buying habits. Those algorithms speak back to you. Uh, it's just incredible. You know, if you want to look, you know, if you want, if you want examples of how to think about this, Spotify is the most amazing of the tech companies for anybody who uses that. If you use Spotify for a couple of weeks and you identify songs, you go on the search and you identify songs, within a couple of weeks, they have an algorithm that reads your preferences and they begin sending you everyday song lists that are just the same song list that you would put together if you had done it yourself. That's how accurate the algorithm is. And so, you know, Amazon, of course, is doing that. Google is doing that. Apple is doing that. They all are taking all that data in, examining it through technologically amazing algorithms that are more and more driven by artificial intelligence, feeding that back to you to make it a better, more accessible experience that makes you want to participate with them. And as far as our interactions with our patients and understanding that and dealing with it, we're like, we're, we're in the Middle Ages. Can we catch up? That's a really good question. And I'm, I, I think we can. I mean, we have to try, don't we? And what about the cost? Well, that's the other issue. The, you know, the, question, the way that we have healthcare organized today in terms of our organizations, where do those resources come from? How, how much, how, where, where, where does that, where, how big does an organization need to be in order to have those kinds of resources to participate and compete on this level? 
Well, you know, we'll talk about this more in our second podcast, but in broad strokes, Ken, you know, I can envision board members who are on the finance committee or on the IT committee listening to this and saying, do we have a shot? Do we have the resources to do this? Is this possible? Is there a glass half full message to those folks from this conversation? Well, I'm not sure it's a, it's a glass half full. I think that all organizations in healthcare right now have to to be minding their most important strategic P's and Q's, and that is predicting the future. Because you can't have a strategy that's worth anything unless you're successfully predicting the future, right? I mean, out in tech land, especially, you know, if you listen to the Google guys, they say, you know, those people who successfully predict the future will own the future. Those people who don't will be overtaken. Um, and that's what even even these these big giant companies believe that. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the question is, you know, can you put the proper assumptions together to predict the future? Um, and can you understand your existing business model? Can you understand the, the positives and the challenges of that business model? And can you pivot in the directions that you need to? Do you have the intellectual capital to make that pivot? Do you have the attitude and desire to make that pivot? And do you have the money to make Well, those are the governance questions we're going to explore in future podcasts in this series. My final question to you, Ken, is, is business disruption in healthcare a possibility or a certainty? Oh, it's a certainty. It's a certainty. We all live the, the, the four the four organizations in, in in the world that have the largest market cap are are the four that we just talked about. And if you're the strategic planning committee, who are you going to watch as the driver of that disruption? Well, I think I think you have to watch the entire tech environment. I mean I mean obviously you know, Amazon is really the leader right now, but 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 all of them have the capabilities of, of stepping in. I mean, look at Google. Google is it has an 85 percent market share in search, but it's not a search company. It's also the leader in development of self-driving cars. So, you, you know, you, we've got this gigantic tech environment. We've got this huge tech circle, and it's got all of these different things going on in terms of how it interacts with the customer base and how it uses artificial intelligence and how it develops algorithms and how it makes things convenient and accessible. And we've got to look deep into that. We have to understand that Internet economy. We have to understand that everybody is participating in that Internet economy, not just people in California. Uh, and that we have to see how our healthcare organizations can adjust and adapt to that new environment, that new business model. Ken, we'll pick that up in our second series. Thanks so much. Thank you, Michael. The views, opinions, and positions expressed in this podcast are those of Michael Peregrine and Ken Kaufman and do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of McDermott, Will & Emery. These podcasts have been prepared by McDermott, Will & Emery for informational purposes only and do not constitute legal advice.